You know, we come to church and we do come with an agenda. Not because we don't want God to move and we override Him, but we want our agenda to be lined up in Him. And the key is, is we're willing to shift. If He says to, we're willing to change. But we have to come with an agenda. And for sure, the agenda we come with is to celebrate Jesus. It's to worship the one who saves us. It's to give great praise to the name above all names. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. No other name has ever commanded such regard as the name of Jesus. And no other name ever will receive such regard as the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The Lord of glory. I'm telling you, when I say he brought me out of darkness, Shaley, he really did. When I tell you he set my feet higher than I could have ever been, it's because he really did. And when I tell you that Christ Church is a place that has determined in our hearts to follow and walk in the fullness that Jesus has for us, we really do. Well, bless you, you can be seated. I appreciate this worship team and their hearts for us and their heart for God. <clears throat> this Wednesday will be the first of March, the beginning of the third month of the year 23. actually the end of the first quarter and people would say well what does that have to do with anything it has a lot to do with it it matters today matters today is the last Sunday of the second month it is a time when we look to all that has been done already this year I was listening, well, I've listened a couple times now <clears throat> to uh, the Flashpoint Pensacola that went on at the first part of the month, well, actually mid-month. <clears throat> Hank Kuhneman went down the line of several prophecies that have happened over the last three years. <clears throat> you can all be seated. And how quickly each of them has fallen into place, including derailments. Clouds in the sky. Clouds in the sky. Black, dark clouds. Presently, I don't know, there's seven or eight derailments that are all <coughs> spewing toxic gas. And they are all around the country. They actually form a pretty good-sized circle around the heartland. It's interesting. Because, you see, we come with an agenda. 
but so does the devil. But the good news is that God's agenda always prevails. Always prevails. We have a purpose statement. That purpose statement says Christ church exists to lead people to a life within the fullness of Christ. That's what we do. We're here as a representative of the Most High and in fact a representative of the very kingdom of the Most High to lead people, to help people find Jesus, to help them walk as well as us to find our way to walk in the fullness. Not mediocre and not half-hearted Christianity. Not Sunday. We're, we're, we're here to build people beyond C&E Christianity. And for some of you who have no idea what that means, to build beyond Christmas and Easter Christianity. We finished up Christmas a few months ago and we're going into the Easter season in another month. And many will show up. But right now, thousands around the world are coming to Jesus at this very moment. In countries that were not expecting him, he's shown up in massive ways of power and glory, revealing himself even in Muslim and Buddhist and, and Hindu countries. And Jesus is just walking into their dreams and realizing to them that he is real and he's turning things around as he said he would. And we're a part of that, our vision statement here. Love people. Equip believers. Impact our world. I told you we would, we're willing to make a shift. Well, we're making a shift for our Wednesday night time because Wednesdays are for equipping time. That doesn't mean we won't be invaded by the presence of the Holy Spirit because I believe we are being invaded on a regular occurrence. And if you don't know, let me tell you, Jesus and Holy Spirit can invade in the midst of teaching if you will hear him. And he's doing that. And we've set about core values, and I talked about them even in releasing the inheritance that I talked about all through the month of February. Our core values are tremendous, and they set the culture of Christ church. We keep Jesus at the center. We're Jesus people. <laughs> you might even say we're Jesus freaks. See, some of us come out of the time of 1970 in the Jesus movement. Some did here. Some of us came out of denominational churches where we met the Holy Spirit. Some came out of denominational churches who don't even know there is a Holy Spirit. And you're sitting here today in the middle of him. And he's wonderful. 
And before you start calling out in your mind denominational names that don't even know there is a Holy Spirit, you'll be fooled at some of the churches that he's in. And he's wonderful in all of them. But we're spirit-led. That's an interesting statement, but I won't go into it. We are better together. Those who are here, those who are watching online. If you're watching online, we miss you. Thank you. If you're watching online, we miss you and we'd like to see you more. Here. But we understand if you can't make it, we realize that. Pastor will be watching online one sometime today. And he'll send me a message. If I get to come back Wednesday, it'll be wonderful. We believe without limits. Absolutely no limits to what God wants to do and will do. Only believe. I grew up singing a song, only believe all things are possible. Only believe. We honor. This platform honors you. And you honor those who are on the platform. We honor each other. We honor our uh, kids' crew ministry. We honor our teens. We honor every aspect of who we are as a people. We honor one another in, in great ways, and we're finding more and more ways to show that honor. We pursue excellence. I don't know if you got to watch online service last Sunday. I, I always watch it. And we are stepping up every week to greater excellence. Getting corrected some of the things and problems we've had with sound and lighting and all of those things. And it's produced a much more excellent presentation of who we are. And we are generous. This church is a generous church. And God blesses us as a result. For he has given us all sufficiency in all things for every good work. Now I want you to go to John chapter 3. For God, our God, the God, the one and only God, the creator of heaven and earth, the master of the universe, the one who gives and takes away, the Lord of glory, our God. So love the world. Get that in your heart right now. Get it in your heart. Because the bulk of today is about God's love for the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And God sent his son into the world. Not to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. 
Now, if you remember, as I started out, we are a visible representation of the Son that was sent by the one who loves the world. And it is not a contradiction to the epistles where he said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. But you have to determine what world we're talking about, and we're talking about the world we live in. And he said, he who believes in him, Jesus, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is already condemned. Because he's condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in. And I can't add without compromising scripture. In, of, and through, and by the Holy Spirit. What God wants to do, he does. He was talking to me in all of this. And he began to share with me. And he desires today that we would take hold of a new dimension. Of his presence. That we will view him in a deeper measure than ever before. He is with us. How many of you know he's with us? How many of you know he lives in us? And therefore we are never without him. Never without him. And yet, he wants us to know him more. By revealing himself to us more. More. He didn't come to condemn. And yet Christianity has been caught up in condemnation and condemning. Why? Because a lot of the things that we do, we meaning overall Christianity, not us in general. A lot of things that we do are birthed out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil rather than the tree of life. When we came to Christ and he purchased our salvation and he took us in and he accepted us in the beloved and he saved us and filled with his spirit, he moved us out from under the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and brought us right to smack dab against the trunk of the tree of life and said, now live. Quit worrying about all this junk. Come to me and live. If we're going to shine Jesus, we have to shine life. 
We have to exude love of life and life that he has given us. We have to make it visible that he is and he always will be. <clears throat> he told me, he said, I walk through and I walk among you. And it, it sounded a little odd to me for an omnipresent spirit. But you see, we determine so many things by a natural consciousness rather than Holy Spirit revelation. He said, I walk among you. I walk down the aisles while you're preaching, while we're worshiping. Excuse me. He said, I walk all around. I walk between the seats. He said, I'm always walking around and touching my people, touching my children. I'm always moving among you. I'm always walking in and around you so that I can be near you. I made you for myself. I called you. I pulled you into me. I desire fellowship. Most of the time, more than you. You trouble yourself with stuff all the while the giver is right here. Opening his heart, opening my, my mind, my soul, everything about me, opening it to pour out to you. And you walk yet in this troubling attitude of what's going on rather than who I am. You've allowed yourself to be troubled by this world. Confused that the sinner acts like the sinner and knocks you off track so that you don't act like me. I've opened my heart. I've said, follow me. Walk with me. If you walk with me, you won't be distracted by the ridiculousness of evil. Evil came as a result of Lucifer and I cast him out. I overcame every trick, everything he ever tried to do. I've overcome evil. This is God talk. I overcame evil so that you won't even have to consider evil if you consider me. I Desire to walk with you. I love hearing your voice as you sing. As you walk through your house and you're all disheveled and you haven't had a chance for your hair and your makeup and your, all of the stuff that you do on a regular basis so that you can present yourself to people who don't care. All the while I'm right there caring very much and wanting to hear you wanting you to sense that I'm with you, walking with you. I love the world that I have determined to save. And I will save my world. There is a darkness that will be judged. There is a darkness that will be removed. There is a darkness that has already been overcome. And I overcame it. And I overcame it for you. But rather than focusing on the darkness, open your heart to the light of my love and my truth. Listen 
through the day and hear the whispers as I speak to you. Open your heart and say yes to all that I am and everything that I said I give you. Open up your life and say, come in. I'm already there, but say, come in, because I can come greater. I can come in greater. I can manifest greater than you've ever seen, and I want to do that. I can sit in a chair and put you on my lap and tell you wondrous things as a father. I can walk with you on a road and speak to you of awesome, great things. As your brother, I can rest in you and whisper to you the magnificence of all that I am as Holy Spirit. And you and I can run together through all that I have created and walk in my glory and let me be revealed. Take yourself out of the struggle of being a condemner and bring yourself into the peace and rest of being a lover. Move yourself from the dregs of what is going on that is evil and take yourself back into my presence where there is righteousness, peace, and joy. These are the things that God said and what he has told me to bring to you. Paul declares in, I'm back to preaching. Paul declares in Romans, in Romans 8, that we are children of God. And we are led by the Spirit of God as such because God knows that if He leads us by His Spirit, we will walk in the fullness of everything that He has. And that's in Romans 8. 1 through 4 and uh, verse 14 through 18. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Go sit down. They are led by the Spirit of God. And God's Spirit leads us into all truth. He never leads us into focusing on evil. He leads us into looking at Him. Evil exists. We're not denying that. We have things that we must do as a result to shine the light. We're not denying that. We have to take part in this because His Word tells us, Occupy till I come. What does that mean? Take control. Bring it to order. Hold the line. Be where you need to be. All of that is true, but if we do it with a focus totally on evil being present, we miss glory engulfing us. 
Why would we do that? Throughout the three Wednesday nights of February that I was able to teach on releasing the inheritance, I talked to the generations. You see, our church is made up of multi-generations. You young, young, young people are fortunate to have some of the old, old, old people. And there are many of us who are of the age, you know, there's three levels of life, young, middle age, and you're looking good. <laughs> Every now and then somebody will tell me, boy, you're looking good. They think it's a compliment. Then men, we have this lovely thing of three kinds of hair. It's just who we are. We've got parted, unparted, and departed. And I have focused so much trying to cover up departed that every now and then my comb over becomes a blow over. <laughs> and we get all tied up in it. How in the world do I make it through the day looking like this? Well, one thing is I put a cap on. That helps everybody. But instead of our focuses getting so tied up Let's move it back where it needs to be. John wrote an epistle, 1 John chapter 2. I'm not going to, they, they'll put it up on a board for you. If you can, thank you. He says, I write to you, little children. He starts right off and says, I'm going to write to this generation. I'm going to write to the children. Now, we can look at that as he's talking to kids crew, but what he's doing, he's talking to those who have just come to Christ. Because if you've just come to Christ, you're just learning about him. If you've just been filled with the Holy Spirit, you're just getting an understanding of who he is. So we walk like children in that time frame of our life. Go to the next one. He says, I write to you. Who's he writing to? Huh? And in our society, we have a real shortage of fathers. We got a lot of men birthing babies. We've got a shortage of fathers. So John is writing and he says, I write to you fathers because... I can't read it because it's too far away. Because you have known him who is from the beginning. Have you? Have you known him? Do you know my Jesus? Do you know? Not just know his name. Do you know my friend? Do you know how much he loves you? 
He says, I write to you, fathers. Why? Because, fathers, it's an opportunity for you. In this house, men who already have grown children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren are called in this house to be fathers in this house to the children that are coming up. We want to have classes. Next step, first step, whatever step. There is another step. But we want to have those for the purpose of trying to disciple. And yet you and I have the opportunity on a daily basis to see someone in this house who has just come to Christ and love them, care for them, see how they're doing, ask what's going on, have time to sit down and talk and talk about telling your story. And look what the Lord has done for me. So John says, I'm writing to you fathers because you've known who he is from the very beginning. And then he turns around and he said, I write unto you young men. I need to go there. You, I want you to get this. I write to you young men because you have known or you have overcome the wicked one. We have young men in here. You've been with Jesus a while now, and you've learned to overcome. And in that overcoming time, you've gained strength. And where we are here is because you still have the strength as a young man, a young lady, the fathers and the mothers of this house need you. We don't have the physical strength and stamina we used to have. And I'll be honest, we don't like to admit that. Because if you say you got a project and we want to wade into it and prove our manhood and prove we still got it and it doesn't take us but about an hour if we get that far, into an eight-hour project that we don't have it. If we're in the process of deep and heavy spiritual things, our physical strength that we used to rely on isn't there. And we need our young men and young women to let us talk to you, let us teach you, let us show you, let us demonstrate to you, let us bring you into that place of seeing what it is to walk in the Spirit in a divine manner so that you can begin to do great and wonderful things and even casting out devils and seeing the sick healed and walking through the fire and giving through the floods and being everywhere you need to be by the power of Almighty God and seeing the glory of God so much that you can stand out in a field and you can command crops to grow, you can command rains to stop, you can command the thing to be right, you can command man because you have the power of Holy Spirit within you. When I was a young man, I was building a house for some people. And oh, we had so much that was out there being exposed to the weather, we had to get it covered. And I commanded the rain to stop at the street until we could get all of our supplies covered up so we wouldn't suffer ruin. It stopped 
at the street at the entrance to the driveway. The whole time we're putting down the covering on our stuff. And two of my crew who had been out running getting some plastic pulled in and they came in and they got out of the truck and they were looking back at the driveway and they're and they come up, I mean, this bright eye. What happened? We got to get this covered. I don't have time to tell you right now, but let's get it done. The last staple put down in the covering to cover everything up and the rain broke loose from the driveway within two minutes was covering everything. And we got soaked, but everything we owned didn't. Why? Because I had the strength in my young days. I still command the weather, asked Sherry. You still command, but we don't have the physical strength we used to have. But you do. And we need you. I'm feeling like Uncle Sam. We need you. <laughs> we want you. We want the prowess of your youth. We want the strength and vigor and life that you possess. We want you to be a part in a dynamic manner where you actually began to function beyond anything you ever dreamed possible. And we see the glory of God as you take hold of so many things. And we are here to support you. We are here to encourage you. We are here to be cheerleaders for you. We are here to guide you if you need guidance. And we're here to just say we love you. But we need your generation now more than ever at Christ Church to rise up. Rise up. And show yourself strong for what is ahead. We need you. And John, he continues to write to them. I forgot it said that. He's glorious. I have written, remember the first three is I write, or the first four. I have written to you fathers, and I have written to you young men, and you have overcome, and you move in the things I've declared. I write to you because I want you to be aware not only of who you are in Christ, but who he is in you. I write to you. Worship team, come on back up. And so here I talk to you. I talk to you, old men, fathers. And I talk to you, mothers, because the scripture's clear that ladies, you're to teach the younger women. And most of all, by example, by manifesting, by modeling, by mentoring. Young ladies, you're to listen. Might be tough. You see, because so often we relate motherhood to our natural mothers and that might not have been such a great thing.
but the ladies of the church who walk in the Spirit. It's a whole different ballgame. My precious wife grew up in a very abusive atmosphere. Took a beating right before we got married. But she's yet to beat me once. Or my children. Because God did a work in her and she determined this ain't the way we live. And she's taught for years, young ladies, how to walk in such grace and fulfill such wonder and see such glory. And many of these ladies here have done that very same thing. I won't even begin to start calling names because I'll miss somebody and I won't mean to. But God has said here for us, identifying who we are, and Pastor has laid out clearly over the last year, even year and a half, how clearly God is about who we are and what he wants out of us as a people, as a church, to manifest his glory in a regional atmosphere that when we leave this place today even, we'll go into this world. Let me tell you, when you walk out the doors of this church, you're entering the greatest mission field of your life, right outside these doors, everywhere you go. The scripture says we're salt and light. The reality is we're salt. A seasoning preservative in the desperate situations that exist around us. We're salt. We're, we're called to season the situation with the goodness of God, which gives us the ability to stand against abusive people and bring them to their knees of repentance and come to Jesus. To stand and see God's glory in a young couple who have just learning how to get along and they're being thwarted on every turn and they've all they know to do is lash out and fuss and you walk into the room with the peace of God and bring restoration life you young ladies you young men you're now moving into that place to where you will be emissaries ambassadors gloriously led by Holy Spirit to help and touch people in their struggle and bring him to victory. We are in a place today to see the glorious work of our Heavenly Father.
God is here to touch our lives. Matt, I want the full light. As much as you can get. As high as it will go. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit began to be poured out. And all of those that were there on the streets that day, Peter began to tell them about this Jesus. And their response was, what do we need to do? And Peter said to them, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. But the first word was repent. In Acts 3.19, a whole other group of people, Peter, Pete was telling them about it. Similar question. And he says, repent. The times of refreshing. Times of refreshing will come from heaven. He said, repent. You see, <clears throat> he didn't say, well, just say, well, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Repentance is a sorrowful turning around. It's a recognition of who I was. And that I'm ready to put who I was on the altar of Jesus to become whom he has determined I need to be. Now, I don't know about you, but I knew who I was. And it really wasn't pretty. And it wasn't a matter of just saying, well, I'm sorry. See, I, I grew up saying, well, I'm sorry, and that was usually followed by discipline. Because the consequences of what I was sorry for, yet had to be paid. The good news is, Jesus already paid them. He said, well, why are you saying this? Most people are saved that are here today. Well, I don't know that. I know a lot of you, but I don't know all of you. And I know this. We would be remiss in not offering opportunity for you to meet the one who loves you more than anybody has ever loved you. So he says, repent. Turn from this position of sin that you are in. Turn from this level and recognize who you are and say, Jesus, forgive me. Come in to my heart. Come in today to my heart. Save me from who I was by the power of who you are. And I dare say across the board in this house today, would you stand? Across the board. We would love to have 
time of refreshing to be poured out into this house. We had somewhat of it last Sunday. And we're just moving into more and more of what God wants to do. But I want to ask you, will you, right where you are, be honest before God? Be honest with Jesus. If you're a sinner, say so. If you're not, don't. Because, let me throw this out. Because if you're saved, you're not a sinner saved by grace. You once were a sinner, now you're saved. You're full of grace. Never after Jesus comes into your heart and saves your life do you say, I'm a sinner. And yet, John said, if any man says he has no sin, he's a liar having a sin, committing a sin, messing up once in a while doesn't make you a sinner. It makes you a child that's fixing to get a whipping if you don't rip out, if you don't repent. I can't put it any simpler. But never again say I'm a sinner saved by grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was a sinner, a bad one, but no longer. Jesus has washed me clean. I don't sit at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil anymore. I'm camped out over here at the tree of life. And I know that I have an advocate. If I slip up, he's still righteous. My daughter one time told her husband, you can, God, no, my... <coughs> Her husband told her, you could make a preacher cuss. And she said, love her so much. I have. It didn't help the argument. It sure didn't help me. But it was the truth. And I've had to repent. Any of you understand that? If you need repentance, say so. Tell him right where you are. Right now. You can go all day and everybody bow your head. Everybody. Who cares? Is there anybody here right now? Let's just say up here so those folks don't get all nervous. Is there any of you that can say, I don't, I don't have any sin. I don't sin. I don't sin. Of course not. But every one of these up here understand I have an advocate who has already forgiven me and all he wants is me just to acknowledge who I am and let him be who he is. So we don't need every head bowed and every eye closed nobody looking around so nobody will know. We all know we all do. We all do. Anybody who knows anybody near them knows the one near them has messed up from time. And anybody who is a sinner sitting by anybody around them that's a sinner, you both know each other. So let's just get it over with and repent and ask Jesus 
Would you join with me? You don't have to say what I say. But would you say something to God and acknowledge that what I've said is truth? Jesus today. There are things that happen throughout the week that I'm not happy with and I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. And I am clean. I receive your righteous grace and power. I take hold of everything that you have declared as mine. And I sit at the tree of life and bask in the flow of the river of God that flows from your throne in the refreshing aura of your presence. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for guiding us in this day.